This morning, I'm going to start with a little crowd participation. I hope you're awake enough to just uh, just raise your hand. That's all I'm asking you to do. Uh, it's not rhetorical questions. It's, it's actual participation, um, but it's simple stuff. So how many of you know people, and this can include yourself, um, know people that have a God-given talent? Right? I know a few. Um, how, many of you, how many of you know somebody with a spiritual gift? Okay. So how many of you know the difference between the two? A few of you raising your hands. Well, hopefully you've been paying attention the past few weeks and Mike's been preaching because that's, you know, a a little bit of what, you know, he was talking about. And finally, uh, how many of you know someone that has a spiritual gift that they aren't using? Right. So we know that there are people not using their gifts and that could include you. You know, we'll, we'll, you'll have to be the one to figure that out. Um, like I said, Mike's been talking about uh, spiritual gifts for the past three weeks uh, in our series called Equipping. Um, and what we've learned is, you know, what, what we should do with them. And last week we even talked about um, that if you have a spiritual gift, how you're supposed to use it in that when you're, you know, interacting with other people that you're supposed to do it in love. Because you've got to be genuine with people, right? You've got you've to show them that you love them before they'll ever listen. Um, cause otherwise it says, you know, like a clashing cymbal or a clanging gong or something like that. Um, and I don't think I want to sound like that. Sometimes I do to my kids. I think they just kind of tone me out. Um, but this week we're going to get into Romans 12. We're going to step out of first Corinthians. We're going to go into Romans 12, um, kind of ties some of this stuff in, uh, that we've been talking about over the, over the few weeks. Um, and there's a, there's a few verses in there that we'll really dive into, but I want to go and read, I'm going to go through the whole entire chapter. Uh, of Romans 12, because if I haven't learned anything else from Mike, uh, you want to look at the context of around the verses that you're looking at to kind of see what's going on within that. And as I started to read through that, I was like, this is all good. Like, we need all this stuff. Um, So I am going to try to make it fun, but also there's going to be those moments of possibly, you know, I might step on your toes a little bit, and that's just because we feel guilty for what we're doing, and that's okay, because God uses that, right? Um, So just wear your spiritual steel-toed shoes this morning, and we'll jump into it. Um, So I'm going to start, we'll just start right at verse 1 of chapter 12. We'll just jump right in. It says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. So, uh, you know, we see the words living sacrifice in there. Now, one of the ways I know of Living Sacrifice, it was a Christian metal band from years ago. And if you're into that kind of thing, check them out. But if you're not, that has nothing to do with this at all. Um, this is more so, obviously we know what a, um, what a dead sacrifice is. In, in the Old Testament, uh, under Jewish law, they, they had to sacrifice animals in order for their atonement of sin. Um, but now that Christ has died for us, that's no longer necessary. And so here... Uh, we're being told to, to become a living sacrifice. Um, one, of the, one of the songs that we sang this morning had a, had a part in it uh, that just really hit me. It said, oh, by the way, the music this morning, top notch, I just want to say that. Um, but one of, the, one of the songs, it says, if you left the grave behind you, so will I. And obviously that's talking about a physical sense because Christ died, rose from the dead and all of that. But I think there's also a spiritual side of that that... Um, we are to leave those things in the grave that we were stuck in before we met Christ. And sometimes we try to, you know, bring those things back out 
uh, D.L. Moody, um, D.L. Moody had a quote that I, I read in all of this, and this is my version of it. I didn't get the exact quote, so it's not really his quote. It says, the only problem with a living sacrifice is that it keeps crawling off the altar, right? Um, so sometimes, you know, we don't, we don't do what we're supposed to do, which is to continually do, uh, you know, give ourselves as a living sacrifice to, to God. Um, and in verse 2, it kind of gets into more of this. Uh, it says, verse 2, it says, uh, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Um, you know, we're not supposed to conform to this world. There's a lot of things in this world that we can get involved in that we're not supposed to be involved in, uh, especially as a Christian, but just in general, because there's a lot of things that, that can be bad for us just in every other way, too. Um, but we're supposed to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Um, and we give, our, you know, we give up our thoughts and our desires uh, to a God that is, is more holy than us um, and that can, can take care of that. And that's, that's kind of a sacrifice, right? Sometimes it feels like a sacrifice. Like all of the stuff that I used to do before I met Christ, like I have to give that up. You know, the things that sometimes I want to do. And sometimes it's even just like anger issues, right? There are times where I just want like, when my kid's getting at me, and I just want to, you know, tear them up, but I can't, <laughs> you know, they might get a whooping every once in a while, but uh, that, that's a whole different thing. Sometimes the flesh wants to, like, put them through a wall, uh, but I don't relax. I don't, don't call DSS on me. I don't really do that. Mentally, sometimes I do, but then I ask for forgiveness, uh, but we have to give up those things and, and continually give up those things every single day to Christ um, because he can He's the one that can transform and renew our minds to, to try to get those thoughts out of there so we don't have to deal with those thoughts every day. Um, so verse 3, it says, Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Uh, that one kind of steps on some toes. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith that God has given us. So, that one, like I said, definitely steps on my toes. I don't know if it steps on yours. That Sometimes we try to think of ourselves higher than others. Um, you know, we'll think, well, we're better off than where they are. Um, and it, we may not ever say it verbally, but we're thinking it. We look at somebody else and we kind of, you know, say that, well, look at me. And you put yourself on a pedestal and look at me, I'm all pretty. When really God knows the absolute truth of what's going on inside. Um, we have these talents and spiritual gifts that come from God, and, and, but we sometimes try to act like we did something to deserve it, right? We did something to, re, to, to gain that spiritual gift, and we didn't do any of it. But the only thing that we did that we have to do is accept Christ into our life, and then he brings in those gifts, and then he just asks us to use them. Um, so now we'll go into to verses 4 and 5. Uh, it says, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Did I read four and five? Yes. Okay. Sorry. Um, and this is kind of getting into the main points that tie into talking about spiritual gifts this week. Um, you know, Mike, Mike touched on uh, some of these things where... Uh, you know, talking about that we have, there's different parts of the body, um, but we're all kind of one body together, working together for Christ. 
Um, and we all have different backgrounds. We all have different upbringings and points of view. Um, and we all do things just a little bit differently. And I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But, um, you know, sometimes we don't even, some, some people don't worship the same way. You know, some people enjoy uh, having, having this style of music and, and standing up and singing. Some people enjoy kind of sitting and meditating and, and that's how they worship God. Some people, you know, me personally, I've already mentioned metal music. Sometimes I like to listen to metal music that's like, I find some bands out there that have like lyrics that just like hone in and just hammer in on what God is really saying. And it's just like, yes, please, thank you. Um, but that's not for everybody. Everybody has different styles of music. Everybody has different styles of worship and, and ways to do ministry. You know, we all have things that we've gone through that help us in the different ways that we do ministry. Um, but the end of the, of the day, at the end of the day, it's all about that the gospel is going out and that it's the, the true gospel, which, I mean, it's good news. It's, it's the truth. Um, that's what the gospel is. Um, and sometimes, you know, in Philippians 1, 17 through 18, it says this, um, it says, those others do not have pure motives as they preach about Christ. This is Paul talking. Uh, they preach with selfish ambition not sincerely intending to make my chains be more painful to me. Uh, but that doesn't matter whether their motives are false or genuine. The message about Christ is being preached either way, so I rejoice and I will continue to rejoice. Um, you know, that kind of speaks for itself. It's like sometimes people don't always have the right motives going into it. Um, they, they may be trying to pat themselves on the back with something as they're preaching, but uh, you know, Paul says it here that as long as the gospel is going forward, that's what matters. You know, uh, my mind be th might be thinking about something else while I'm up here preaching. As long as I'm teaching <laughs> what's, what's here, and that's why I have notes, uh, you know, that's, that's what matters is that it's going, going forth. Because uh, it does say that, you know, God's word will not return void. Um, and in verse 5, uh, it points out that even though we're, we're working together, um, we each have a specific purpose in the body of Christ. Now, that doesn't mean that uh, you can't in church like have, have somebody that has the same gift as you and you, you know, that you can't work beside them and work with them because they have the same spiritual gift. That's not how that works, right? So I have an analogy. We, we all have, or I have two hands, right? And left? Yes? Okay. Uh, and most of the time you, you have one hand that you favor, whether you right with your right, or you're right with your left, if that makes sense at all. Or some people are what I call amphibious, uh, which is other people say ambidextrous. Um, you know, most of the time you're using one hand, but each hand, I'm holding this cup so I don't talk with my hands. I'm like, I'm Italian, but I'm not Italian. Um, but each hand can hold this cup, and, and with both hands, even though I'm right-handed, I could take a drink with my left, right? So left, right, I keep saying that, sorry. Um, sorry, I see Caleb and he's laughing and it's making me distracted. Uh, I know sometimes I say stupid things up here and it's okay. Uh, it's also kind of like, like playing the drums. I actually had Brett tell me first service, he said, having ADHD is great for playing drums because you're using both sides of the brain. And that it, it's true because like you're using all four appendages when you're playing the drum kit, right? Well, if you've never played a drum kit, you don't know this, but you know, I've got to move all four things, both hands, both feet, and it's all doing different things, but it's all simultaneously, and it's all serving one purpose, right? So 
that's how we are in the body of Christ. We may be doing things separately, but it's all for the same goal in the long run. Another analogy is that this message could be preached by me, by Mike, by Chris, by Larry, and we're all going to have different points of view and, and have different things that we're going to say. Um, but in the end, it's getting the same gospel out. We all have the ability to teach that God has given us, uh, but because of our backgrounds and our, our different things that have happened to us in our life, it could come out differently, but it's all making the gospel go forth. And you look at also the, the four gospels. You have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, that's four. Um, I have three. That's four. Uh, you have all four of those guys that were, were listening and following Christ and, and just hearing what was going on, and they all have the same story. If you read it all, it's all the same plot line of the story, but it's told in different ways. And that's, that's how we can work, is that we see different things in different ways, but again, it's all pointing back to Christ. And I think that's amazing that like, it all worked that way. And as we read through the Bible, it's just like, well, God did this over here and over here. And you could see that he was the piece that worked it out in the end. You know, He brought the Holy Spirit in to help them remember all of these stories and these thoughts and all of that to put them into the book so that we can read them however many years later, uh, you know, over 2,000 years later. It's just, it's really cool to see. Um, so, you know, people can get up here and teach and preach, but not everybody can, and that's okay. Some people could come up here and, and lead when worship, but not everybody can do that, and that's okay, right? Uh, we, have to, we have to understand that it's okay to have that difference in the body, um, and that's the way God intended it to be. Now, the most important thing to realize, though, is that you are in Christ, and he has gifted you with that. Um, we're going to go back in, and we're going to jump into verses 6 through 8. It says, In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak, without, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take that responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Um, you know, not all of these things are super easy to do. Um, sometimes our, our flesh gets in the way. Um, and sometimes, you know, we want to we get the glory for what God has done. And that, that's a thing we have to be careful of and be able to separate that out and say, God used me, but I didn't do that. You know, I can go out and I could, I could speak to however many people he puts in front of me. But if somebody's changed, it's not because of anything that I did. It's because of what God did. You know, I'm, I have to, and I, ha I have to remember that God's working through me and I can't let myself get in the way of what he's trying to say. So when I'm writing all these notes out, I'm like, all right, Lord, I don't want to say anything wrong. I don't want to do this wrong. I don't want anybody to come out of there thinking that, you know, thinking that you said something that's my opinion, and I, I don't ever want to mix the two. Because um, I have to, and, and you guys have to realize that, that, you know, serving is not about us. It's not about us at all. It's not about how many selfies we can take while we're doing those things or whatever. It's about just actually serving. It's about ministering to people and sharing the gospel. Uh, last week, uh, you know, like I mentioned earlier, um, in 1 Corinthians 13, we talked about that. That's a love chapter. And in context, if you look back at the other chapters, it's obviously saying that um, 
you know, it's, it's a matter of the heart of how you're, you're sharing your gifts and using your gifts and that we're supposed to do that in love. Um, in, in this chapter, in Romans 12, it kind of talks about that as well. Um, we're going to start in verse 9, uh, and, and I'm just going to read through the rest of the chapter uh, through verse 21, so just read along. It'll be up on the screen. Um, it says, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. And I just want to pause for a second, reread that. Don't just pretend to love others, but really love them. Sometimes that's hard to do, depending on the person. Um, hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good, love each other with a genuine affection, again, which is sometimes hard, and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Uh, rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. <clears throat> Teenagers. <clears throat> uh, and some adults too. But uh, never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God, for the scriptures say, I will take revenge, I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. So this, this is probably uh, some of the hardest stuff in, in this chapter to really do, um, especially if, you know, like me, I've struggled in the past with anger. <laughs> and so if somebody's coming against me, you know, you just want to like, you want to take it in your hands and maybe take them in your hands. Um, again, I don't really do that. I, I think I've hit like one person in my entire life, um, like, and meant it, like meant to hurt them. Uh, I've hit my sister a thousand times, but uh, she deserved it every time. Uh, <laughs> at least that's what I'll tell you. Uh, <laughs> but like, I've done some of these things, and it's just like to see this, it's just crazy. Uh, one, of the, one of the verses, it says, um, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Uh, just a brief story. There was a time in my life where uh, I wasn't, I was a Christian, but I was still being dumb um, early on in my walk. And I was dating this girl that I shouldn't have been dating at all. And I was trying to make, you know, make reasoning for it, uh, make an excuse for it. And like people in the church were kind of saying, hey, you know, you need to get out of this. And I was like, no, no, no. So I went, I even went like to another, another pastor that was at a church that I grew up in. I don't like, I barely remembered his name, but I was like, I'm going to go talk to him. He'll, he'll tell me what I need to hear. And uh, so I go see him and he points me straight to this verse. And he says, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. And in that he was saying like multiple things. So he was saying, you know, obviously we need to like work on actually living in peace with, with everyone around you. But he was also kind of saying, look, you know, Maybe you should listen. Take a, take a step back, look at their point of view, see the situation. Obviously, you know, it was all right, and God was right, and I should have ran. Because um, I'm obviously not married to that lady now. Uh, but also, you know, it also says to let God take those moments of, of revenge and that vengeance. And I've seen that happen in my life. I won't go into that story, too. But, like, I've seen the point in God, like, where God said, let me take a hold of this, because it was something, somebody was messing with my family, and I wanted to hurt the guy. This was, like, I just, yeah, 
It's a whole long story. It was a very bad situation. Um, but God's like, let me take control of this. And I was like, okay. Um, he, and, and God took a hold of it, and, and he did it way better than I could. Uh, and I, I, I laughed, I laugh now, but I laughed about it then too, and I know that might be wrong, but what happened, it was just, I could have never done what God did in that situation, so I was glad I let him handle it in that case. Um, yeah, the guy ended up in jail, and it was just kind of funny. Um, but anyway, you know, there'll be times where you're being tested, um, and in those times, that's where the, the love needs to show through. So, Going back, uh, I want to recap a few points of, of what we've talked about so far. Um, there's three points. It's number one, God has given you a gift. Uh, number two, God gave you the gift for a reason. Uh, the third is a question, how are you using your gift? Uh, if you are a believer, if you've accepted Christ into your life, uh, God's given you some form of a gift, uh, whether, whether you want to know it or not. Um, and it could even be that God takes a talent that you've had, and then he uses that as a gift to, to help others as well. He can hone that in. Um, and there's also a reason that, like, God gave you the specific gift that you have that some others may not have. Um, but, again, what is that gift? And more importantly, where and how are you using it? Um, and downside is not everything that we think is a calling also. Like, sometimes we get in the way, as we've talked about, um, and we think, well, I have a calling. Like, you know, somebody might say, well, I have, a, I have a calling to herd cats, right? That's not a calling. That's just something weird that you do. I love you, and we'll talk afterwards. But herding cats is not a spiritual gift. Um, as we see in the scripture, uh, the spiritual gifts are always used to uh, lift up God and to honor God and to lift up people around you. It's not used for personal gain. It's not used to, you know, like go about and make money somehow. You're not, that's, that's not what it's called to do at all. If, it, if, that's, if that's what you're using it for, it's wrong. It says it in the Bible. <laughs> so, and he's right. We're not sometimes. Um, it, it's used, like I said, to lift up others and to lift him up. Um, so where are you in the mix? We know how, we know how, we know about the gifts. We know what to do with them, what not to do with them. So where are you in that mix? Um, this isn't obviously a means to, to a pressure tactic to get you guys to volunteer at the church. That's not what this series has been about at all. Um, this is about like figuring out where, where you feel like you need to be with that gift that God has given you. So let's say this spiritual gift is similar to an actual gift that you receive. Say you get like the coolest gift you've ever got in your life that you've been waiting for for like years, and somebody gives it to you. You leave it in the package, you box it up in another box, put tape around it, put it in a tote, and shove it in the attic because you don't want anything to happen to it because you finally got this amazing gift, right? You don't want anybody to break it. You want anybody to see it. You want anybody to touch it, especially if you have kids. You don't want them to break it and smash it into the ground or whatever, right? And that's how God looks at us when he gives us a spiritual gift. He's like, why are you not using what I've given you? You know, he's like, I've blessed you with this. Use it to the ability that you can use it. And even going back to the whole drumming thing, I mean, like, that's, uh, I, I like sometimes to, to hide back here. I don't always like, I get very nervous standing up here talking to people, um, like, in this form of setting. I can talk one-on-one -on -one all day long. Um, but, like, this is, this is a little bit different to me. But, like, playing on the worship team, it's always weird to me because we get up here and we practice, and then we're praying, and it's like we're asking God to play or sing through us to worship him. 
So it's like we're asking him for help to do something for him. And that's pretty much every spiritual gift, right? Is that he's given us something, but in turn, it's supposed to go back to, to worship him. And that's, that's a relationship that God desires from us, right? Is to not, it not just be a one-way street either way, right? He's given us the gifts. He doesn't want it to end there, right? So we've got to give that back. We've got to talk with him, have that relationship with him, and hone that in. Um, Colossians 3.23 it says, work willingly at whatever you do as though, people, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Uh, so we're supposed to take everything that we got and use it for the Lord. Work as if we're doing it for God. If you're cleaning a toilet or you're, you're writing a computer program or whatever it is or, or, or dealing with unruly customers, whatever job, you kinda, whatever job you have or coworkers or bosses or whatever it might be, uh, you have to remember that you're not working really for them. You're working for the Lord, and you're always representing the Lord if you are called as one of his children. So I'm going to talk about my story just a little bit, um, kind of how I ended up where I am standing right now. Um, and I may have shared some of this in my past. Uh, I've, never, I've never been the biggest fan of public speaking. It started back in seventh grade. I was a extremely tall kid. I was uh, probably about four foot tall, and I was about 65 pounds. I mean, I wasn't the, you know, strikingly tall guy that I am now. Um, yeah, yeah, I know. Anyway, uh, but in seventh grade, I had this teacher. I didn't really like her, uh, but she, she had us, um, every week we had to cut out a newspaper clipping, an article, and do a report on it. For the teenagers in the room, the newspaper is that black and white thing that comes, you know, sometimes comes in the mail. You were allowed to cut it out and cut an article out and everything. You didn't just Google it because they didn't have that then. Um, but anyway, we had to get up and, and present a report uh, to the class. And it was always horrible for me because I'd always have to stand to the side of the podium because I couldn't see over the podium. And, you know, everybody would laugh and giggle and have a great time. Well, the teacher, was, he, she'd joke with me and I'd just, you know, say nasty things in my head to her. Uh, never said anything out loud because I was kind of scared of her. Um, she gave me my first detention ever, but it was because I didn't do the homework. But anyway, finally, the last, the last time I had to give that report, uh, I decided I was going to go for it, and I brought in a stool, and I took it into her classroom before, uh, before school started, and uh, I brought it out, and I set it out, and everybody just started, you know, rolling, laughing, and everything. But I was, I was super prepared that day. Like, I had it down pat, I honed it in. I was like, I've got this. And I got up there, and everybody finally stopped laughing. And uh, I went through it, and it, I hated it. But it was, you know, what, what, started, what started all of this, I guess. Shift ahead about 10 years and one salvation later. Uh, and God put me into position working at a Christian venue down in Lexington, North Carolina. It was through a biker church, and that's a whole other story. Um, but it was, it was a really cool place. We would bring bands in every weekend. And... Uh, the bands would always preach, but at the end, we'd always give an invitation. And it was real brief and everything, just trying to get the kids in. You only had a few minutes to get their attention. And uh, we normally go through Romans 10, 9 and just tell them, this is how you believe. And, and that, you know, that was even scary. Just for a few minutes of being up there and trying to present the gospel, because it's like, you don't want to do this wrong. It's like two verses, and you still don't want to do it wrong. Um, but God was just like, he was slowly, slowly preparing me for what he, you know, for what he's done. Um, and then... I met a band that played there, joined the band, toured the country, met a whole bunch of kids, 
uh, got to play music for them and talk to them and, and share the gospel with them. And then once that was done, I, God led me over back to North Carolina. I ended up in a venue, one of the venues that we played at, um, and slowly, you know, got in there and started talking with kids and doing devotionals and getting up on the stage and talking with them and playing games with them. And, you know, again, I didn't know what all God was doing. I was just doing what was in front of me. And, you know, I was like, all right, Lord, if that's where you want me to be, I'll do it. And I studied and I, you know, just with the short little devotions, I'd spend like two days figuring out what I was going to say for five minutes. Um, but it was just, you know, God was working behind the scenes and I had no clue. Uh, fast forward another 10 years. Um, and I'd been here in the church for a while, uh, and, and Mike and I had started talking and, and the one, one of the Sundays he needed somebody to fill in and, uh, I offered, (laughs) I was like, why not? Let's do this. Um, and I was just completely nerve wracked. I, I, you know, after I said yes, I was like, maybe, you know, maybe I shouldn't have, um, cause you know, this is with adults, like people that are, that are like my age and older and I have to talk for like 30 minutes, and it's not just a bunch of like teenagers that I could just goof off with and act like a moron, because that, that's where I do best. That's where I flourish in my ministry, is acting like an idiot and hanging out with kids. Um, but, you know, this is, this is different. I just, I can still act like an idiot a little bit, but I have to like keep it to a minimum. Um, and, and now I've, I've, I've been up here, speak, spoken about eight to ten times. I don't, I don't keep track of how many times I've been up here, but um, you know, I see that God has used that gift in me and, and that he's been planting that in me all of this time so that I can get up here and I can do this. And at least by second service, my nerves are a little bit better um, and it's not as bad. Um, am I the best at this? Absolutely not. Do I still mess up? Yes. You, you've probably heard me mess up at least 10 times since I started talking. Um, I did even worse first service. Uh, but that's, you know, to me, that's how God's keeping me humble while doing this. So I don't ever think that this is me, that this is me doing all of this, because this is not me, because uh, I do not like public speaking. It's just, it's, I like speaking, just not public speaking. Um, but God, you know, God is doing it, and I have to just allow him to do it. And, and I, I always still, I still to this day make sure I'm super prepared. Uh, it was kind of odd, but last night after we, after I got done with something else, I'll talk about that later, but uh, I, came, I came in here and stood up here in the dark with nobody in here and ran through this message twice just to make sure, number one, of how long it was going to be, and number two, that I had it at least somewhat right. Uh, that's just, I still, to this day, just do that. Um, so, but I'm going to flip it back to you. Where are you, and how do you figure out where to serve and what your spiritual gifts are, right? Mike said it a few weeks ago, uh, is that you go out and you try stuff. You try different things and see if that's where God is going to put you in, because you never know until you try. Um, and that's what I kind of talked about in the beginning, is, is you have spiritual gifts, and you, or you know people that have spiritual gifts, why aren't you using them? Um, if you feel like you have a passion or a gift for, for teaching, find a place to do that. You know, you could, if you like kids, go down, talk to Brandy, and get involved in the children's ministry. If you love teens, I mean, who doesn't love teenagers? Come talk to Jenny or I, and, and you could see about coming to help down uh, with youth. Um, if more adults are more your speed, lead a life group, you know, teach in the life group, teach, teach people that, you know, are, are your peers, and you can feel a little bit more comfortable with that. Um, if teaching is not your thing, um, if you just have a, a servant's heart, uh, 
Tim Hawkins says, go stack some chairs if you have a servant's heart. If you don't know who Tim Hawkins is, he's a Christian comedian. He's hilarious. Um, but he says, just go stack some chairs. You don't need to do that. But find, what I'm getting is find somewhere to, to put yourself. Um, you could host a life group in your home. Um, so you don't have to maybe do the teaching, but you just open up your house. You cook the food. You know, you do that kind of serving. Um, and we've got plenty of other places here. We've got the hospitality team, worship team, the tech team doing stuff in the back. Um, you know, we've got, uh, we do the community meal uh, once a month. We've, we've got, um, we've got plenty of stuff that's not even just in the church. There's stuff in the community. There's the pregnancy center. Uh, the one thing I was talking about that, that was going on last night, we did um, something called Shred for the Dead over at the skate park. Um, it's an opportunity where we get to hang out with a bunch of kids and teenagers and uh, they're, they're wrecking themselves on skateboards and rollerblades and uh, scooters and BMX or whatever else they have over there. And uh, we feed them, we bring them pizza, and we get the opportunity to, to give them a short message. Um, and that's, that, was, that was awesome. Last night, there was a bunch of kids that showed up, and, and we got to talk to them, hang out with them, um, and just share a short message. It didn't have to be much. You know, it was just getting that out there. Um, but, you know, always just try to find somewhere to, to take your gift that God has blessed you with and, and use it to what he would have you to use it for. So I'm going to ask the praise team to come back up, um, and I'm going to wrap up with this statement. Uh, I didn't write this. It sounds too pretty um, for me to say this, but uh, it says, to use our gifts for the glory of God, we must recognize what we are gifted to do and then spend ourselves doing just that. We have to guard ourselves from falling into two traps. The first is that of comparing ourselves to others, minimizing our gifts. So we see other people that might have the same gift as us, um, and they might have honed it for a few more years or whatever, and, you know, we, we, get, we get jealous or we get nervous about using our gift because somebody else might do something a little bit better. Um, there's no need to do that. God says use your gift, and he'll, he'll make it work, I promise you, because I'm not the best drummer, and he still, you know, he still uses me to, to, to play. Um, the other is that of over-spiritualizing our gifts, limiting what God is calling us to do with them, which is to bring him glory. And that's, that's the end of it. Like, that's, at the end of the day, that's what our gifts are to be used for, is to give him glory in some form or fashion, whether it be talking to somebody about Christ, feeding them, you know, showing them love. Uh, you can learn a lot by giving some food to people. Uh, you know, that, that's an easy way to get them to open up and talk. Uh, that's, that's why we feed the kids down there. Because <laughs> we could get them, if we could get them over there and get them eaten, They'll, they'll start talking. Um, so uh, in a minute, we're going uh, to have communion. We're going to have everybody come up and get communion. As the band starts playing, uh, go ahead and come up and get, get your cup, get your elements. And then uh, Chris is going to come up and lead you guys into that time. So you just take your, take your cup, bring it back to your seat, and we'll, we'll have that time here in a minute. Um, but first, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. Um, if you feel that uh, the Holy Spirit's been talking to you, whether it be you don't know Jesus at all, and you need to know this guy and figure out what he's all about. Um, take this time. Ask him to uh, come into your life, come into your heart. Ask him to forgive you for the things that you see now that um, is wrong, and that ask him to um, take his sacrifice that he did on the cross thousands of years ago and, and you know, use that to cover over you. Um, if the Holy Spirit is, is nudging you because you know you have a gift um, that he's blessed you with, and 
he's showing you a place where you're supposed to use it, but you're just being shy about it or being nervous about it or being scared about it. Um, ask him to show you where that's at. Ask him to give you the strength to, to get past all that. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you um, for today, for just giving us this time to be together in your house, for uh, giving us your word to, to dive into and to see what you would have us to do in this, this crazy thing we call life. Um, Lord, that, that you would just meet us here in this place right now, that your spirit uh, would come in and just show us the direction that you, you want us to go and help us along the way every step. And uh, Lord, if there's somebody in here that doesn't have a clue who you are this morning, Lord, I pray that they would just call out to you. Lord, it's just, it's a, it's a conversation with you. Lord, I pray that you would help them to just understand that it's, it's really simple um, and just help them to, to chase after you. Lord, we give you glory, honor, and everything back as much as we can in, in a small amount of what you've given us. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.